0: Uh, I've got your notes for tonight. We've got two two chapters that we're covering, chapter two and three, a different heart and a different goal. So I, I wanted to start tonight with some quotes on leadership, and I wanted to get you guys um, feedback on this as well. Um, first, though, anything that stuck out to you from the reading this evening, chapter two and chapter three? I, I understand that Hudsonius has something he would I, like to this share. This is my father's book. I left mine at home. Okay. And my book had, you know... Intense, detailed notes. Notes. Highlights. Highlights. Highlight, understood. Okay. Understood. Uh, so you don't remember anything from there? Oh, wow. Because he was like, I didn't do it last week, but I did this week. No, no, I did We'll say that we'll continue. Anyway. Anything that you recall that stuck out to you? We'll come back to you. Uh, anyone else want, would like to share something from the reading? I mean, yes, Kavino. Uh, no, Kevin. give us uh, That idea there at the end of chapter three that, about the world's principles, that if you haven't rejected them, you've accepted them. Yes. Like you, there is no on the fence yep. when it comes to that. Yeah, that stuck out to me as well. Um, the whole idea that if you're... If you're not pursuing God and if you're not pursuing your relationship with him and striving towards uh, mortifying sin in your life and some of the things that we'll talk about tonight, then you're going to be going the opposite direction. And you're if you're if you're not rejecting the world's order and the world's way of doing things, then you're accepting it. So, yeah, good. It was so important. I included it on the quiz. So it's good. Anybody else have anything you want to share? Anything that stuck out to you from the reading? I have two quotes that essentially say the same thing. That he was saying we don't have to look for ways to be different if we just obey God's word, we will be different. Mm. And then I think in the next chapter, I can't remember exactly, but every one of us can be a character leader at our school or on our job by doing what we're supposed to do by being the right kind of role model. But just like it's not, as hard. it's hard. It might seem like yeah. initially. Um, <laughs> just underline that. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that, oh, <laughs> that <sentence. laughs> well then maybe Huston you can apply it. Uh you know, how might that how might that how might, how might that look? Uh in her life know, or in my life. Well maybe just speak to lives in general of youths. Or maybe you can apply it to Mr. Pat's life or Mr. Casey. His applications to all of our lives. So any thoughts? the older folks we'll come back to you Uh, reply to my life the older folks like me we'll come back to you should not act so so foolishly this is an example of the younger. otherwise you should should not act so foolishly otherwise we'll we'll get Hudson over here and he obviously isn't learning okay Kevin Mm, okay right. Uh, somebody else uh, on page twenty one, he said, "Are our homes better homes? Our neighborhoods better neighborhoods? Our workplaces more like God's ideals because we are there?" Mm. I'm not really. Sure. How would you answer that question? <laughs> no, it's just it's a good thing to about No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, now we have our answer. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> like, <laughs> no, it's a really good thing for me to be thinking about. Like, am I actually adding to? Am I making a better, a more glorifying place Mm for God? Because I'm in an answer. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, something we all have to evaluate. Are we, is our our setting, wherever we are, and, and for most of you, you're in different settings all the time. Right you're in school settings, you're in church settings, you're in home settings. You have several different settings, all of us do you know we 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 live in these different environments. so is my environment here at the church where i for me, where I work, is it a better place and a better environment a more god honoring environment because I'm here, or is it less god honoring um, And the same I think would apply for each of you in your schools in your workplaces. Wherever you wherever you are, um, you know, that's a very, very good question to to be asking. So, OK, so a couple of things here. Um, I, I wanted to walk through these these quotes. I was just I was thinking about this today. And there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff out there on leadership. I mean, there is endless resources and, and discussions. And he he even mentions in the chat. I mean, this guy, here's the guy who worked for uh, J.C. Penney for a long time. Um, and it was at least part of the time while he prior to being saved that he was working for pennies and he talked about that and' it was very interesting we 'll talk about that in a minute, but um, he obviously also spent a lot of time or a couple of years in the army and so he 's had experience in a number of different settings but um you know the the the, the leadership uh, theme and the leaders the the idea of leadership and the pe- people that study leadership i mean leader we have there's leaders everywhere right and this is an an, an interesting topic to discuss because it's not a, it's not a uniquely christian idea um there is christian leadership and church leadership Um, but the idea of leadership is not something like when you study Christology, that is a Christian idea, right? That's a Christian doctrine. And so when you study Christology, you're studying what other Christians say about Christ. And, and the systematic theologies and, and the approaches that people take to studying Christ. With leadership, this is something that's a little bit different because you have a sec, quote-unquote secular mindset as well that has uh, and, and a, 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 an entire world out there of people that have studied leadership and have commented on leadership. And so um, I, I found some some online, just some quotes on leadership, and I thought it would be interesting to kind of compare these. And I picked out a few that... I felt like would have some relevance to things that we've been talking about and reading about. Um, but number one, a leader is one who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. So John Maxwell said, uh, said that a leader is, is one who knows, who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. What might be significant about that? As to, and related to how, what we've been talking about about leadership and reading about. What's idea Leading by example. Yeah. It just it. Yeah. It's not. Leadership is not. I mean, biblical leadership is not going to be just pointing and saying, hey, you go do that. Right. It's going to be showing the way actually demonstrating. And like we talked about last week, serving. So showing the example, being the example, following the example of Christ uh, and being the example and actually doing the work ourselves. You know, and and how how reluctant are you going to be to, to follow a leader who sits in a marble tower and directs you to go and scrub the toilets and do the things that you don't want to do? Never does it. Never does it. Never is willing to do it himself. Right. You want to see in a leader. You want to see somebody who's willing to get down in the dirt with you and do the exact same thing that you're doing. And that's that's going to be a biblical servant leadership. Uh, number two, you manage things, you lead people. I just thought that was interesting. You know, you, t- you talk about management. Management is, is often in the same breath as leadership. Again, in the secular in the secular world, management, leadership. Um, and you manage things, but you lead people. And I thought that's a very good um just kind of way of thinking about a summary. A leader is one who knows the way, goes the way, shows the way. How did that shine up there twice? Sorry about that. He who has... Ne- yeah, I guess I thought that was so good I like, included it twice. Uh, he who has never learned to obey cannot be a good commander. Aristotle said that. Why, why would we need to learn to obey to be a good commander? I mean, one reason... specifically to Christian leadership is you're obeying somebody else in your leadership. Yeah. So if if you're not obeying, you're not leading the way you should be. Yeah. Yeah, you're obeying someone, you're obeying a higher authority, right? At least within our Christian context, that's certainly what we ought to be doing. Uh, Become the kind of leader that people would follow voluntarily, even if you had no title or position. And again, that's the kind of leader that has... One of the things we're going to talk about tonight is the kind of leader that you're going to follow without being told that you have to follow them is a person of character, a character. It's a person of principle, um, someone who actually, like I said, does what they're supposed to like, gets down in the dirt, is willing to serve and do the things that 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 you're doing, too, with you. Um, and so that's someone who's who's going to be respectable. Um, uh don't lead by pointing and telling people some place to go you lead by going to that place and making a case so go go again kind of lead by example i cannot give you the formula for success but i can give you the formula for failure which is try to please everybody And and that is right in line with one of the things that we're going to talk about tonight as well. So chapter two, a different heart. Um, The illustration of Eddie. He starts the he starts the chapter with the talking about this guy who was with him in the army in Vietnam or in training named Eddie. What was Eddie's uh, husband? You mentioned Eddie, right? You you answered I think one of your quiz questions. You put Eddie, right? So what what was Eddie's? What's that? He was just in print. Oh, okay. So, so what was Eddie's Eddie's deal? Well, he... Yeah. <laughs> um, I do know, I do in fact... This is like when my dad was calling out people on Sunday night. Yes. Mm. That happens when I get called. Bye, Lucas. Yeah, bye. Well, the other um, people in the basic training Mhm. Making fun of the uh, recruits. Yeah, close people. Mm-hmm. They were making fun of the uh, Sergeant what's his name? Uh the boot boot or uh um, Yeah, that guy. Anyway, they were making they were Bill Sergeant. Thank basically you. angry at him kind of and they were kind of making fun of him but um, Well, because he he was he was really new, right? He was he was still he was still green. He was like uh they had, I think he said that they, they were short, uh uh drill sergeant so they they had slapped some uh some yeah. Yeah, the bars on, like on him like the day before or something and then said yeah you're a drill sergeant now so do the job and he was still angry from when he had done the j when he had been in boot camp um so they everybody else around this guy around eddie was including matt probably was complaining and saying this guy you know he's awful he's way too hard on us all this kind of stuff but what did eddie say Make us yeah, he said, Eddie said, he's just trying to make us better soldiers, guys. Or he would say, he would say things like, well, he's just trying to do his job, right? So he was willing to be what? Different. different. Yeah, Eddie was willing to be different. Everybody else was saying one thing, complaining, complaining, complaining. Eddie says, listen, guys, I think he's probably just trying to do his job. What, what was the effect of that in the boot camp? Changed the whole place. Uh, Mad started. Uh, not bad mouthing started. Yeah, it, it kind of changed uh, the environment a little bit. Made it so everybody else, everybody started thinking a little bit more before they would say it. Because it's real easy when everybody's complaining to complain right along with them, right? But if one person is saying the opposite, then all of a sudden, things start changing a little bit, right? Um, I put the verses, Matthew 5, uh, 13 through 16, and really, really the, one of the main themes of the chapter is uh, salt and light. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house then let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So this that whole idea of being salt and light. And I'm sure this is something this is not unfamiliar with you to you. I'm sure all of you got the question right on the quiz. Um, what is salt? It's a seasoning, right? You put salt on, on your food. Why do you put salt on your food? You like high blood pressure? I remember when I was a kid, I would, uh, we were over at our, uh, friends of ours and we were, a fam- family that we were very close with and we were over at their house all the time and I would, I would be sitting at their dinner table and I would shake salt shaker all over my french fries or all over mashed potatoes or whatever we eat. and And the, the dad, uh, of the family said, Drew, you better stop that. You can't put salt on everything. One of these days, you're going to have high blood pressure and uh, he was, he was probably right. So, I mean, <laughs> but, uh, in any case, I, I, did eventually stop putting salt on all my food, but, um, why, why do you put salt on food? It makes it taste okay. It makes it taste better, but what does the salt do? Yeah, it, it brings out the flavor. It actually doesn't give, if you're putting salt on to give it the flavor of salt, then you're using it for the wrong reason, right? That's not what salt is intended to do. It's in right, it's intended to enhance the flavor. It actually brings out the flavor of what it's in. And and that was something that I, I honestly, for years, I thought salt was just for making things taste salty. I just like the taste of salt. Um but no, that's not the point of salt. That's not what salt is intended to do. Um it first of all, it seasons, it makes it better. Okay, salt is the seasoning. It makes it better. So again, the question that Cadence mentioned, are our homes, businesses, schools better or worse? Are we seasoning our environment? Is our environment better or worse because we are there? Uh, number two, it's salt, it, pre, it seasons, it preserves. Salt preserves. What is it? does salt preserve? Food. food. How does it do that? Hmm? Well, like what kind of food does salt preserve back in the back in the day? It OK, the what's that? It removes, the it removes the moisture. Yeah. So you put salt on like meat to kind of to make it so that it will it would last longer back in the day before they had refrigerators and freezers that you could throw all your meat in and stuff. This is this is how they would preserve meat. Um, but how do we preserve our environment, the people around us when when when, when Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount? If the salt uh you are the salt of the earth um what 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 is he saying about as far as like preserving the people around us How can we be like salt to the people around us What 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 might we be preserving them from Okay Yeah so preserving from, from destruction, um, I, I, don't, I don't know, maybe that doesn't really make sense. But in my mind, I think of like, we, we are preserving the people around us by giving them the gospel. And, and, and we are, we are um, hopefully, you know, you're saving that meat, you're saving it. Hopefully you're able to preserve it from going bad. And we are preserving the people around us from, from destruction um, by giving them the gospel. It heals. Uh, we heal hurting people. Many, many, many Christians today are so so abrasive. Um, there's no healing at all going on. Many Christians today, unfortunately, some of the most unpleasant people to be around. <laughs> I, mean, I hate to say that, but it's true. Um, you know, I think all of us we need that we 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 ought to ask ourselves: Am I am I a am I like a am I am I a pleasant person to be around? I mean, would would people that don't have what I have want what I have? Or would they say, no, I, I, I don't, I don't want whatever they've got because they're grouchy and mean all the time. Right. Uh, huh? No, I'm not saying anybody in particular. Okay. I don't think this applies to anybody in this room. I'm just saying that, you know, we ought to, we ought to be asking ourselves that. So, um, so we're salt and we're also light. Okay. We light does what it provides light. Okay. It shows us the way. And again, showing the way, uh, showing, showing the way to the lost and dying world around us. Uh, he makes the point that Jesus is the light. John eight twelve. Okay. Let me look this up quick and read it. John, John chapter eight, verse 12. Jesus says that he is the light of the world. John eight twelve. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We we will have the light that that leads to everlasting life. Uh, we, we know the way we can see. And I think this is a powerful image for us to keep in mind is that you know, I was sitting at a stoplight yesterday and um, there was a lot of traffic going the other direction. I was making a left hand turn um, and, and there was a lot of traffic. And, and so. The people that were going the other way, they were moving pretty quickly, but I could, they were going slow enough that I could see them. And there was two lanes of traffic and I could see basically every single person as they're going by, and just watching every person and just looking at these people driving in their cars and they're oblivious, they're complete, they're in their own world, they're just, you know, on their phones, they're listening to music, whatever they're doing. And, and I just, I, as I was sitting here, I just thought, you know, there's the soul, 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 after soul, after soul, after soul, where are they going? I mean, how many of those people actually know the Lord? Probably not many. You know, you think in a place like Rock Hill, South Carolina, everybody knows about Christ. No, they don't. Okay. And many of them do not have a relationship with Christ. They have not believed on Christ. And so they are living in, we would say the opposite of light is what? They're living in darkness. And that's what I was thinking about as these people are going by. It's like they're living in darkness. They are. They, they don't have answers. Life doesn't make sense to them. They don't have hope. They, and and, I, and I, I watch all these people and I th- I was, it was late in the afternoon and I was thinking, watching all these people coming home and they're all probably heading home from work, you know? And I think, what are these people going home to do? You know, what, 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 what are they, what are, what are they looking forward to? You know, what do they have? What hope do they have? Um, and my heart just breaks for them because you think about all these people there, they're lost. They have very little, if any hope, they don't have any real purpose in life. And eventually they realize that, you know, you get to a certain age and you realize, you know, what am I doing? I have nothing to live for. I have no purpose. I have no, I have no reason to exist I mean, if I'm just going to get grow old and, and and get achy and die, like, what is the point of all that? They are living in, and walking in darkness. Our job is to provide light, to give them the, the, the light, to show them that Jesus is the light and God's word is the light. Psalm one nineteen one oh five says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. His word, it, it, it opens the way it shows us the way it makes things make sense makes life, make sense. God's word, Jesus is the light. God's word is the light. He uses the illustration of, uh, of the moon and the moon, which I think all of us know. I mean, the moon reflects the, the sun, right? Yes, Hudson. Yes. The moon does not have its own light within itself. It, it simply reflects the sun. and and that's why sometimes we don't you know when when we block the sun or however all that works you know when we're in the way of the sun and the moon we can't see the moon or it's that you know part of a moon or whatever part you know we're blocking it um so when but 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 when when it's a full moon it's got the full line of sight right to the sun even though we don't see the sun and it's reflecting that light that's all it's doing Um, and that's what we're called to be as well. He gives two key reminders. Uh, I, I really, I enjoyed this chapter. I thought this was really, really good. He says in number one, number one, in order to make a difference, you have to be different. Um, and and, and we're not talking about being weird. Okay. I, I, I think I I always try to kind of clarify that, you know, I'm not, we're not talking about simply being different for different sake or trying to be, um, you know, or, or intentionally being abnormal. Okay. I'm not, we're not talking about that. Um, but, but most of us, that's not the problem. Most of us are trying really, really, really hard to make everybody like us. And we do that by kind of doing the same things as everybody else. So we say things like everybody else says, you know, and we, we do, we, we dress similar ways. You know, we see the people, the way people dress. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong, um, with that necessarily. But when, when, when our motivation is primarily okay, well, this is what everybody else does. And if everybody else is doing this, then I will feel accepted and I'll be like them. And, 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 and I want them to like me. Right. Um, you know, Galatians chapter one, verse 10, Paul says, do, am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? If I, if I, if I was seeking the approval of man, I would not be a servant of Christ. He says, if I, if I, if I was trying to do this for man's approval, I would be, I'm in the wrong profession is what Paul's saying. He says, I'm, I chose the wrong gig. If I was trying to do this to make everybody around me happy. And guys, if, 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 you can learn one thing in life, make another, everybody else happy is just not that important. Okay. It's not. And you, you get to an age where that kind of comes a little bit more naturally, but the earlier you can like that, that whole idea of like, I really just don't care what everybody else thinks. Um, everybody kind of gets to that point. Eventually, you know, by the time you're in your seventies, at least probably you just don't really care that much what everybody else thinks. And that's why, you know, you see pe- older people and they just, they, they're, they're fine. They're happy. They don't, they don't care what everybody else is or says or thinks, and they don't care to keep up with things and they're fine. They're happy just the way they are. And, and they're, they're more mature in that, uh, than, than perhaps we are. Um, and there is some of that, that, that certainly does come with age and just not caring that much what people think, but the earlier we what? Your stage, it's I was just, I was just, just wondering if you reached that point. Well, I'm getting there. I'm getting there, <laughs> but um, you know, there is some of that. Yeah, there is some of that that comes with age, but but also maturity, um, and realizing, you know what? I, I'm not going to be. I mean, literally, guys, it's impossible to make everybody happy. Okay, there's just too many people in the world. To be able to make everybody happy. And you're not even going to be able to make all the people within your immediate circle of friends and influence happy. You just not. You cannot make everybody happy all the time. So instead of focusing on trying to make everybody else happy, doing all this stuff to make it to to do what, what everybody else is doing and please man, who should we be trying to please? The obvious answer is that we should be trying to please God. Okay. You know, we ought to, and, and, and like Abby said a few minutes ago, like, If we're willing to just make that our all-consuming passion and following Christ, the the difference will come automatically. You are going to be different, and you are going to naturally lead people because you are different than the people around you by just doing what God asks you to do. By just doing, I mean, acting and doing the things that God has called you to do will automatically make you a leader and make you different from the lost world around you it will make you different from many of the christian people around you too uh because that's not what many people are are really pursuing and and, uh chasing after the second one there you can't change the quality of something by adding more of the same he he um again kind of driving this whole point home about being different he gives the illustration of uh tea you know and and we're all like if everybody's exactly the same nothing ever changes Back to uh, Eddie, right? So if everybody just continues to say the same things and do the same things, no change. Everything's just going to exa- stay exactly the same. Be the one who's willing to stand up and say, you know what? This isn't right. We shouldn't be doing this. Be willing to say, okay, you know what? To stand up when 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 nobody else will. You cannot be a leader if you're not willing to be different. If you're doing exactly the same as everybody else, who are you leading? So then he talks about what is leadership leadership? He defines as the ability to influence someone in a direction that you think is important. And I, and again, I thought this was really, really helpful. He goes through and he talks through the different types of leadership, um, positional leadership because it's your job. Okay. Um, you're in a, you're in a position of leadership. So you have, you have people that are your subordinates, that people that answer to you. And, and that was, again, I think uh, Mr. Ryan's mentioned last week, like there will be times where you're going to be put in a position of leadership just because you're the one who's there. You're the one who showed up and, and they say, OK, hey, guess what? You're you're this you're This, this is you now. And, and so sometimes that kind of thing happens just by default. And, and that's that's one type of leadership. That is a that is a valid but not the best, as he points out in the, in the book. Um, number two, because of personality, so personality, because people like to be around you, you know, there is some, some leadership with that. There's, there's just a, a nat- some people have a, just a natural draw. There's just a, a, there's something about them and it's not really something necessarily you can put into words, but there's something about them that, that just causes people around them to want to follow them. And they have this, this, uh, some kind of appeal, um, and just their personality. It does that, so I'm, I'm, what are you, I'm not really sure. Are you, are you thinking of someone who's like that, Hudson? Yes, I am. Oh, okay, alright. Someone, yeah, that's real, that's real sweet. Um, let's move on. So, personality, positional personality, uh, competence. You know, there's, he mentions like a car mechanic, right? I mean, he, he's a leader in that situation. Um, you know, he, he, he you take your car, you, you might drive a Ferrari right? But you're, you don't know how to fix your Ferrari. Okay. And so you take it to someone who does. And in that situation, even though you might drive that Ferrari and make $800,000 a year or whatever, it doesn't matter because you don't know how to fix your car. He does, you know, and he makes a lot less money than you. But at that, at that moment, he's leading you in the sense that he's the one who knows how to fix the car. Um, and so there's some competence, you know, it's just because they're better you are, or someone else is better. Um, at something. And then the best kind, certainly by far is the leadership of character or example. Okay. And this is the kind of leadership that you, you, it's because you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You are a leader in this situation because you are doing the right thing in a situation where everybody else is not doing the right thing. And you naturally develop leadership because you are actually doing what God has called you to do. Somebody give me an example of a situation where this kind of thing might take place. Everybody around you is doing the wrong thing. Yes? Last year everybody started stealing candy from this one classroom that was made that was, like meant for events and stuff okay. and um, there was, like, my friends and I said not to because we knew that they were eventually going to get caught okay. and they did and they had to pay like 150 bucks worth the candy but wow they, they stole, stole a lot of candy that's a lot of candy okay good somebody else maybe a real situation or a hypothetical situation one. Okay, uh, go. Um, let's just say there were insulters. <laughs> Wait a second. Some let's just say there's a guy named Eddie. Okay. Okay. okay, okay. I thought he was going to say something about himself being that right. I thought he was going to say something about everybody insulting him, and <laughs> he, he stood up for what was right and didn't insult himself <laughs> or something. I don't know. Well, I mean, everybody's bashing eight No, I am. Yes. Eight. Okay, uh, so we've defined leadership as the ability to influence someone in a direction that you think is important. That's going to come up. And and this idea of leadership being influenced is something that I think is really going to be a key idea throughout the book. Um, so let's move on to a different goal. Chapter three, a different goal. What's the world's view of success versus God's view of success? Okay, he talks about the world's view. Like, what 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 does the world think is... is uh, successful. Okay. He points to several things, uh, popularity. Okay. So being an influencer, all right. If you, or however you want to put that, you know, having millions of followers on Instagram or, uh, getting millions of views on your videos and all that kind of stuff. I mean, guys, I, I hate to tell you this and, and I don't think I'm really, I'm preaching in the choir because I, I don't think any of you guys really do this kind of stuff, but like, even like okay, you, you guys all do YouTube, right? Okay. So, and you look at these guys on YouTube and you think, Oh, wow. Like, I mean, that's amazing. Like they have all these people and like all these followers and everybody likes their videos and they get paid billions of dollars for all this. Okay. And, and you think that's great, but guys in, in w- w- within the next like 15 to 20 years, it's literally not going to matter. Okay. Like no one's going to, I mean, the va- almost almost every single person who is like super popular on YouTube today is either going to be dead or irrelevant in 20 years. Like ain't nobody going to be watching 60-year-old do perfect guys, okay? Doing trampoline jumps and and you know falling and breaking hips. Okay? Okay well and but but even mr beast okay so he i mean within within let's just let's just blow it up to like a hundred years okay and in 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 the course in the greater course of history okay a hundred years is is in our lifetime i mean that's like that feels like a really long time okay but within the broader course of history, I mean, we, we, we date the world to be somewhere in the, you know, six, $8,000, 8000 <laughs> 8, year range. Okay. Something like that. Um, you know, we hold to a young earth, even, even with a young earth, right? A hundred years is like barely a blip on the radar. It's not a lot. So in the course of world history, a hundred years down the road is really not that long in a hundred years nobody's going to have any idea what Mr. Beast is, okay it's not going to matter it's just not okay in a hundred years, whatever things that any anything that 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 we do now is going to be irrelevant unless it matters for eternity in a hundred years, literally every single person in this room will be dead. so what's going to matter then I don't know that. Yes I do. <laughs> Some people have to be like a higher 50. okay. <laughs> in 120 years, yes. I'm sure everyone in the room could tell me the name of your parents. You could probably tell me the name of your grandparents. Who's your great grandparents? Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your great great grandparents? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So you, you, know, know. Right? you have no idea, and that's your. Those are the people you came from. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't exist without them, and you don't even know who they are perfect yeah actually i have a project yeah, yeah. you have to remember we're just a vapor. just a va- yeah 100 years to get to get to get <laughs> so the point the point is that if, if like being popular today it, i mean you're not even going to care like I, I promise you okay you're not even going to care in 30 years how popular you are today it's not going to matter well, another thing why do you want to be popular because yeah. You're like supposed that. to be a leader. Okay. There is, there is, yes. So, but the world points to popularity. They point to power, okay, being the one in charge. Uh, pleasure, you know, I do what I want. I just want to have fun, right? I, I, you know, that's the goal. Um, and he talks about, like, Hey, you know, what, go to the convenience store on a Friday and you see the people that are coming in there. What are they going to do? They're going to, they're going to buy things at that convenience store so they can forget everything from the past week. They're going to go home and that's their idea of a good time. Is forgetting everything that just happened in this past week. Um, that's, that's not success. Possessions, having all this stuff, and he gives this example of him, his own life, and watching this guy who, I mean, J.C. Penney, which actually, I mean, I believe J.C. Penney himself was a believer, but 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 he gives this example of when he was working for Penney's, and and this this uh, gentleman who he saw as being very successful, um, and he asked him, okay, what's the secret? You know, what do you do? And he's like, well, basically, don't you know, don't ever go home, <laughs> live here. And, and, and then he went off to war and he came back and what had happened to that guy? He was still there. He was higher. He was higher in the food chain. He had no wife. no wife lost his family. Okay. In that time, in that two years that he was gone, that guy became a, a miserable old lonely man because he lost his family. That's not success. He got all the stuff. He had a boat. He hadn't even gotten out on it yet. He said, right. Um, you had all the things, but no time to enjoy it. It reminds me of, I mean, growing up, we lived close enough to New York city. You know, you could get to New York and, and you could hop on the train and be in New York in an hour and a half. And, and we, so we lived close enough that we would have, we had people that lived in our area, but that worked in the city. And it always baffled me because I, I would think these people, they get up at four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning to get hop on a train commute for an hour and a half, work for 10 hours, eight hours, whatever, come home. They barely make it home by dark or nine o'clock. Even sometimes they hardly see their families. They have these massive houses because they make New York City money, but live in Pennsylvania for what, what is it all for? They don't even get to see it. They don't even get to enjoy it. They're never there. Um, that that's not success. Okay. That's what our world sees as success. You know, having the stuff, having the boats, having the power, the position. That's not success. God sees success as what? What is God's view of success? It's Christlikeness. It's it's being like Christ. I mean, Romans 8:29 for whom he foreknew, he, al- he also predestined to be what? Conformed to the image of his son. That is success. Colossians chapter 5, put to death or mortify, the King James Version says, mortify therefore your members, put to death your members which are on earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them, but now... You yourselves are to put off all these things. So being like Christ is putting off these things. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. And I put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. How are we doing? I mean, there's an awful lot of stuff on that list. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, lying. Okay, he says don't do that. Mortify your flesh become like Christ. That's success. That is how God defines success. And at the end of the day, that's the only real, that's the only success that we should really be caring about. That's what leadership is going to be. The point of the chapter is that, that God has called us to a higher view of, of leadership, a higher view of success. We, we, we see, and we've made a lot of this. We, we, we see the world and, and the world sees leadership and as, as having all the stuff. And and being a, a big name and a high tower and having the corner office um, or whatever it is in, in your field, you know, whatever the rising through the ranks in your field, that's success. That's just not how God's views. That, that's not at all how God views success. At the end of the day, God, how God views success and being a good leader is the only definition that's going to matter. Whether the world sees you as successful or not will not matter at all. Um, Romans 12, one and two, I mean, present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable, reasonable service and be not conformed to this world, but be what transformed by the renewing of your mind. Being Christlike. Um, if you do this and you, and you grow in Christ likeness, you will be a leader. You know Why? because you're going to be different than the people around you. It's like Abby said, like it's not really that complicated. Just do what God has called you to do. Put off anger, wrath, malice. There's a lot of angry people out there. Put off all this, all this stuff, anger, wrath, and malice, and uncleanness, passion, evil desire. Become like Christ and you will be a leader because you will be different from the people around you. So we once again ran out of time before we got to the discussion questions. So you can think about those and, uh, job, Hudson. Hudson's relieved, but, um, you want to, you have something, you have something you want to share, Hudson? Okay. All right. Thank you guys. You're dismissed. Have a great night.